We are in between games, so we'll break down the Sabres opening night win over the Ottawa Senators, and we'll look ahead a little bit to Saturday afternoon's game with the Florida Panthers coming up here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including our YouTube channel. Be sure to check us out on our Locked On Sabres YouTube channel. Like and subscribe us there. And be sure to do the same thing. Drop a review wherever you may be listening, Spotify, Odyssey, or Apple Podcasts. Joe DiBiase on the show at Sneaky Joe Sports at Locked on Sabres to hit us up on social media. We are between games. So a little bit of a recap here, just a bit of a look ahead to Saturday afternoon's game with the Florida Panthers. It is another home game, a one o'clock puck drop before the Sabres with a very early West Coast trip. They have a bunch of late games. Sabres after dark gets started quick this season. So that's coming next week. But how about that opener? against the Ottawa Senators. We're going to break it all down here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. I got an award to give out. I'm still workshopping the name a little bit. Kind of goes along with player of the night, but goat head of the night, playing off the word goat a little bit, goat head, you know, uh, black and red hat, by the way. Got to gotta represent the R&B generation of Sabre fans. That was cool. If you saw my, my tweet, walking into the Sabre store, and like half the shop is black and red gear. I almost spent a thousand dollars in one night just on gear. Um, it was an awesome night to be in the building. There were there was a really good atmosphere. There was sixteen thousand fans. I think it was just under that fifteen six was maybe the announced crowd. Um, and it felt like it. It felt like the building was full. It felt like an NHL hockey game, which that might not be saying much, but we've had plenty of games in the past and months and months of hockey at a time. Uh, where it just feels like they don't even exist. They're not even in the league. It feels like minor leagues at some points. Uh, Last night felt like a legit game, an event to be at. And the crowd was pumped up. The crowd was energetic from beginning. The RJ starts off the festivities up on the Jumbotron with, uh, you can't get rid of me that quickly. And then the whole building goes nuts. So that was really cool. I thought they did all the pregame festivities really well, especially with the uh, honoring the victims' families from the Tops uh, shooting over the summer. Um, The Sabres did a really good job with that. The moment of silence, the Ottawa Senators uh, taking part in that as well. The ceremonial face-off, the video that Kyle Poso took part in, and uh, all the other stuff the Sabres put together. The the drum, Sabretooth, with the drum at center ice, got the crowd into it with the Let's Go Buffalo chant right away. The video was really cool, and I'm not just saying that the hype video that they put on the Jumbotron was cool because I was in it for three seconds, um, but it was a really good job, I thought, by the Sabres in general. And the atmosphere, again, was really good. And the Bills players being in attendance, that's when the crowd probably popped the most uh, is when they showed Josh Allen. Maybe they could have shown Josh once or twice more. You know, you find a – if you're listen, if you're a DJ at a Sabre game and you're deciding what to put up on the Jumbotron – your whole goal is just to get the crowd fired up. Allen's like a cheat code. Just put him on the screen for four seconds. You don't even have to have any sound with it, and the whole building is going to erupt. Um, but it was really cool. Allen wearing a tuck jersey in attendance. Dawson Knox, Matt Barkley, I think Tommy Sweeney, uh, all there as well. Four to one. 
Sabres over the Ottawa Senators. A great start to the season against an opponent that the Sabres will be competing with in the standings all year. And uh, they start ahead. They start with a, a bit of a head start over the Senators. Two points for them, zero for Ottawa after just one game. Uh, some of the stats to go through from this game. The Sabres and the Senators were very evenly matched on the box score. 36 shots on goal for Ottawa, 36 shots on goal for Buffalo. And it felt that way. It felt like a back-and-forth affair. Ottawa had their chances. The Sabres certainly had their chances. They kept up all the way through, even in the first period when Ottawa had the first goal and they got down one nothing. The Sabres responded right away with some chances of their own. Um, I thought they did a really good job just in general of keeping pace, getting their chances, taking chances, and kind of getting – you know, Craig Anderson bailed them out at times, right? Like the Sabres made some mistakes. Owen Power – I thought made a lot of mistakes in this game, um, but he he did he did have some nice plays, and he was playing with Henry Yoki Haru, and Yoki Haru I thought was a little little tough in this game. So that pairing little cause for concern, I must say, uh, after one game, and we maybe already might have thought that a little bit because Yoki Haru has had such a poor year and a half here that if he's going to be Power's full time pairing uh, uh, partner. How is that going to go uh, through one night? Not too well. They were by far the worst pairing for the Sabres on the night. Uh, shot attempts in this game. I mentioned the shots were were completely even, right? Uh, at five on five, shot attempts were 40 to 40. So exactly the same. Uh, scoring chances for uh, 18 to 18. Okay. So high high danger scoring chances is the one area where Ottawa had a slight edge, eleven to eight. Um, but otherwise, like this was this was two evenly matched teams, and both teams could be a lot better. So this could mean both teams are uh, are going to be teams that are competing for playoff spots. But it could also mean they're both terrible. It could also mean nothing because it's only one game, of course. Uh, so the Sabers statistically very evenly matched with Ottawa, but they get the four one score, two empty net goals. It's going to inflate it a little bit. There's a two one hockey game all the way through. Victor Olsson gets two empty netters at the end. Brady Kachuk opening the scoring for Ottawa in the first period. The Sabers respond. JJ Paterka. Uh, with a goal assisted by Peyton Krebs and Dylan Cousins. And then the third goal, uh, second goal for the Sabres, was Rasmus Dahlin, a play that he starts in his own end, carries the puck through the neutral zone, sets them up in the zone, goes to the front of the net, and has a really nice finish uh, on a good feed from Peyton Krebs. So statistically on the night, uh, the only player that did have multi uh, more than one point was Victor Olofsson with the two empty net goals. But otherwise, J.J. Paterka, Gets the goal, his first of his NHL career, and it was a pretty one. We'll break that down, by the way, uh, as our play of the game. We'll break that down coming up in just a little bit here. So Paterka gets a goal. Olsen with the two empty netters. Dalin gets a goal. And then players that got assists in this game, Ilya Labushkin, Kyle Oposo, Peyton Krebs, and Dylan Cousins. Uh, in net, Craig Anderson stops 35 of 36. Really solid performance from him. Uh, power play stats in this game. Both teams stunk. Both teams were 0 for 4. The Sabres were not good uh, in this game in terms of the uh, the power play. They were they had a lot of trouble getting set up, um, and they just they struggled. They struggled, and that's going to have to improve a lot going forward. But if I could give out the award, the first annual or the first uh, daily, weekly award here, Goat Head of the Night, the best player on the night, for the Buffalo Sabres was certainly, in my opinion, 
Dylan Cousins. Dylan Cousins was dominant. He was carrying the puck well. He was setting people up. He was creating scoring chances for himself. One of their only power play opportunities they had all night was a wrist shot from Cousins from the high slot. Um, he just he was great. He was trying moves that I never see Cousins try. There was one in the third period where he puts it behind his own back, and without even looking, he grabs it on the other side, puts it to the point man who gets a, a great scoring chance. Cousins was great. I thought he was the Sabres' best overall player. Very close second, though, J.J. Paterka. J.J. Paterka was dynamite. He looked electric. He was fast. He was handling the puck well. Stick handles uh, were super quick. Um, great vision with his passes. That give and go that he scores the goal with, that he ends up scoring the goal with Cousins is a great example of that. But there's another play in the third period that you might remember where he's stuck on the ice or there's a line change because of a power play, and he's out there with Zemgis Gergensens and I think Kyle Poso, and maybe it was Asplund. But anyways, I know Gergensens on the ice because Paterka's got the puck on the right-hand wall. He's on his backhand, and he's got the vision to pick his head up, see Gergensens coming the other side wide open, and he backhand sauces the pass through a couple of defensemen to the other side right on the tape for Gergensen's who gets a great scoring opportunity. They don't end up scoring, but it's another example of Paterka's offensive awareness, which he certainly showed off uh, in his first game. I thought he was amazing. Only 11 minutes of ice time. He certainly warranted uh, more than that. Uh, Rookie though, first game of the season. You can understand why he only played that much, but he plays like that. He's going to be someone who's playing 16, 17 minutes uh, in some games. So great, great opening game by JJ Paterka. Players I thought struggle. Oh, one more player that was great that I have to give props to from this game. Rasmus Dahlin. Rasmus Dahlin was dominant in this game. Uh, in fact, if you look at his on-ice numbers uh, for this game, scoring chances. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin, where are you? Well, 46%. Not as actually as high as I thought. Um, but still relatively good. The expected goals for percentage for Darlene in this game would have been 49.49%. So tough matchup against the other team's first line. It's pretty good. Um, speaking of the expected goals for marks, by the way, how about that? That The new log line, log line 2.0. Uh, Gergensen's Asplund and Oposo all over a 70% expected goals for mark. Um, Peyton Krebs, J.J. Paterka, Dylan Cousins all over 50%. Uh, they all played Paterka 56%. He was phenomenal. The worst guys in this game were some of the big guns. Tage Thompson did not do much, not much at all. Uh, he had a couple of shots from the outside, but there wasn't much going on in the middle of the ice. Um, he had a painfully low 16% expected goals for. That's a horrific performance by him. Victor Olofsson, similarly, very low, 17%. Jeff Skinner, 22%. Skinner had a lot of turnovers in this game. Olofsson just kind of disappeared. I didn't see a lot of plays from Olofsson that I hated. Thompson made some bad plays. Skinner made a lot of giveaways. Um, so that line, not a great opening night for them, but the other lines definitely picked up the slack. So uh, they, they got away with it. Owen Power struggled a lot in this game. There were turnovers, and there were turnovers in the Sabres' own end that could have very easily resulted in goals for the Ottawa Senators that did not. Uh, So Power, I thought, in this game, uh, a very, very poor performance. That pairing in general, Yoki Haru was not very strong either. Um, just they both seemed hesitant to want to make that breakout pass. And it that's something Yoki Haru has been good at in the past, 
power that should be one of his strengths is head up where's the puck supposed to go oh he'll figure out where it's supposed to go and then he'll put it right on the tape I, that was not happening in this game from either guy so someone's gonna have to kind of step up there and be the guy that's gonna lead the breakout and in this game it seemed like both Yoki Haru and Power were very hesitant to do that it resulted in turnovers and it's amazing that it didn't result in more than one goal uh, in their own net in fact actually Goals for on the night. Yoki Haru was not on the ice for it. Power was. Power and Samuelson were. Um, but Yoki Haru was not. Uh, but anyways, that was uh, kind of my uh, breakdown of a bunch of players that I thought stood out for good or for bad in that game for the Sabres. Ottawa, you know, there they were what you expect. To break it, had nice plays. Giroux had nice plays. Uh, Brady Kachuk scores the goal. He's their best forward, I think, still. Um, nothing, nothing crazy going on from Ottawa, though. Uh, they, do you think they probably want more out of that group? Um, if the Sabres are going to play to the same level as Ottawa with their quote unquote, first line, Thompson Skinner and Olsen getting run over that, that could be a good sign for the Sabres and a really bad sign for Ottawa because the Sabres first line stunk on this game and they matched you in every statistical category and beat you on the scoreboard. Not a great sign for Ottawa to start the year. Uh, and maybe a reason for optimism for Buffalo, if uh, assuming Thompson, Skinner, and Olsen get going, uh, which it's one game in. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. The play of the night that we're going to break down frame by frame. It's great for our YouTube listeners or watchers, and we'll, uh, of course, make it digestible for our audio listeners as well. So we're going to break down J.J. Paterka's first NHL goal when we come back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. We are brought to you by BetOnline.net, your number one source for football betting information this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. If you're looking for information on the Bills and Chiefs game, for Sunday. If you're wondering what Stefan Diggs over under is for this game, and that could be just to expect, you don't have to bet it. What do people think Diggs is going to get in this game? Oh, 71 and a half. That's a pretty solid performance. What do people think Gabe Davis is going to get in this game after 250 yards and four touchdowns seeing the Chiefs last time they played? Um, a lot of good football betting information. It's helped me, it helps me for fantasy. I literally, for my fantasy lineup decisions, instead of, this is a more I almost do I want to call it scientific. Maybe I don't want to call it scientific, but I think a more efficient way to make fantasy lineup decisions. Don't go find some old fantasy website, go to bet online and look at the player props. Look at what the expectation is. If you're deciding between dolphins running back Raheem Mostert and Najee Harris for this game, the Steelers running back has got a really tough matchup. Go look at their prop bets. Go look at bet online and say, Ooh, Najee Harris over under, 56 and a half rushing yards. Raheem Mostert over under 62 and a half rushing yards. All right, I'm going to put Mostert in for this game. A lot of fantasy decisions I make are from the odds I get at BetOnline. BetOnline.net. Find it on your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Okay, want to break down a play? Let's break down a play and let's give out in one of our favorite segments, we're not doing any blame pie today uh, because there was only one goal by Ottawa, and I'm in a good mood, so I don't feel the need to break it down play by play. We're going to do a positive play today. Let's give out some credit cake. Credit cake. 
Here we go. So the first goal of the career of J.J. Paterka is where we will start the season uh, in terms of breaking plays down frame by frame. Uh, and you can watch along on our YouTube channel, so feel free to do it there. We always uh, appreciate uh, our listeners giving us a chance on uh, on watchability. Um, 15.35 mark in the second period. And as you see here from the TV camera angle, what we already have is it's a three-on-two breakout if Dylan Cousins is able to shield off his man to get in front of him and create the three-on-two, the odd man situation, uh, advantage Sabres. And Cousins does a great job of shielding this guy off. And you know what? He does get a little lucky, right? The guy knocks the puck off of Cousins, and it happens to go right to J.J. Paterka. But he kind of opens the door to that happening because he's skating through the neutral zone with speed and he's got good positioning being along the right side of the wall. So the puck ends up going to Paterka and this is where the play really begins. Paterka has Peyton Krabs wide open on his left side. He's got Dylan cousins on his right side and he's in the middle of the ice. And what happens here is the two senators defensemen. They see Paterka coming at them with speed and look how they spread out 89 here on the left. He kind of slides over to take Cousins while also pinching Paterka and not allowing him to just shoot through the middle. And 23, the right shot defenseman for Ottawa here, he's going over to take Krebs. He is going to kind of play in between. He's going to play in between Paterka and Krebs. If Paterka shoots through the gap, he's there to take the body and take him out. And vice versa, if he passes over to Krebs, he'll have positioning to get over there and get Krebs. So I think the obvious play here from Paterka nine times out of 10 what the play you'll see Sabres players make is they'll put this pass over to Krebs because he's open because even though he's on the outside, he's going to be able to kind of go along the edge, throw it to the front of the net. If he needs stop, put it, play it to the point. There's more options there. It's kind of the safer route. Paterka chooses a more aggressive play. He skates at the middle. He waits for the two defensemen to reach. So you, I think this is purposeful, Paterka. This is when, like, when you're a player at this level, the game slows down for you. Paterka's got his head up, and as is it 85 or 89? I can't even tell the defenseman's number for Ottawa. As the stick leaves Cousins' space and comes over to press at Paterka, Paterka waits for that stick to come to him, and then he saucer passes it over to Dylan Cousins. And then this is where the give and go is just a beautiful job. Paterka, I'll know. I'll say this. One thing I noticed from him all night, I was in section 109, so like behind the Sabres net. One thing I noticed all night from him, he had his he was charging and he was smart away from the puck. I thought this night he looked less like a rookie and more like a veteran because the dude was making the right plays away from the puck when he didn't have it. And this is one of those situations. He doesn't glide after the puck leaves his stick. Watch. The puck leaves Paterka's stick and he shoots the gap. Right there, those three little quick power strides. That's all you need. And that is the difference between a goal and a shot from the wall by Dylan Cousins and hoping for a rebound. Is Paterka passes it, and boom, that little power stride to get in front of 23, the Senators defenseman, which he does. It opens himself up for Cousins to return the pass, and now he's got a wrist shot, defenseman's behind him, goalie's out of position, he's got 80% of the net to shoot at. So it's a great give and go, but the play is created. I think honestly, the most impressive play here, it's not even 
Cousins skating it through the neutral zone and fighting off traffic. It's not Paterka making the saucer pass over to Cousins. I'm not even sure it's Cousins pass back to Paterka. I think the most the, the thing that creates this play more than anything is Paterka without the puck shoots the gap three quick power strides and he gets himself open uh, to be able to put the puck in the back of the net. And it is a good finish. It's a good finish. It's an easy finish because the goalie's out of position. The defenseman is behind you in the NHL. You should score that goal, but uh, not everybody does score that goal. So credit to Paterka for finishing the play. Great celebration too. love the little, the hand whip uh, to the ground. Um, he swore in post celebration. So good job. My uh, esteemed partner at uh WGR TJ Luckman for hitting the dump button on that one. Um, but man, what what a job by Paterka on this play, both with the puck and away from the puck. And Cousins gets, of course, some credit here. Here's another angle of it as uh, we continue to break down this play. Paterka's first NHL goal. Uh, and this actually, this angle starts in the defensive zone where Cousins, you see, gets it out of the wall. I mean, it's laying there, but gets it up. And he's skating with speed. That's Cousins, though, right? Like Cousins, those quick, those stride he has. Like, he is so quick, 0-60. to 60. He's one of the Sabres' better skaters. And I thought the reason he was so dominant in this game, and I named him the best player as the goat head of the night, was he always had the puck. Like, it was so hard to get it away from him. Even here, I mean, he, he gets the puck before it's taken off his stick from his own face-off circle to the red line. That's a great job by Cousins. But again, this angle, look at Paterka right there. Look at that little shooting the gap. That is what creates this goal. But great job by Paterka, or uh, Cousins, too, to get that pass around the defenseman's stick, uh, number 85 here, right on the for Paterka. That's a great goal, and it's a highlight reel goal uh, for J.J. Paterka to have as his first in the National Hockey League. All right. That's a, a great goal. Some credit cake. Uh, I got to get percentages out. I got to get percentages out. I'll go... 65% for Paterka on this play, 35% for Cousins. Um, I think that one's pretty simple. The two, Those are the two individuals that were involved. Uh, Cousins for carrying it up to the neutral zone and kind of having the, the, the defensive zone exit. Um, and the return pass to Paterka. Paterka gets most of the credit because he gets the original pass over to Cousins. He shoots the gap, and then he finishes. So a great job for uh, seven, number 77. We'll come back and we'll do a just a short preview of tomorrow's afternoon's matchup with the Florida Panthers. I got some betting odds to look at. Um, there's no prop bets up yet, um, but I do have uh, the puck line, the money line, and the over under. And I got thoughts on all three of those, uh, especially the over under in this game. And we'll talk about Florida a little bit. I know we had Armando Velez on earlier in the week to preview their whole season, so we'll only spend a little bit of time on Florida when we come back here in the Lockdown Savers podcast with Joe DiBiase. Welcome back to the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Joe DiBiase, thanks everybody for tuning in on today's show. Uh, Sabres with a 4-1 win over Ottawa. They are first place in the Atlantic Division. Yes, I'm kidding. Uh, 1-0, 4-1 victory over Ottawa at home. And they'll be home again on Saturday afternoon, 1 o'clock for Kids Day. It is their first matchup of the season with the Florida Panthers. Florida uh, winning their opening game of the season against I just had it. Who did Florida beat in their opening game? Uh, Sergey Bobrovsky was in that New York Islanders three to one. Uh, so Florida also want to know on the season with a three to one victory. The Panthers are going to be a great team. They're going to be a top three team. I think of the teams that are likely to drop out of the Atlantic, 
I might rank them second as the least likely. Tampa probably the least likely. Florida I might put second because of the Brady Kachuk or the Matthew Kachuk trade they make in the offseason, which I really liked for them. Uh, even though Huberto was a great player, Uyghur was a great player. Um, Kachuk is amazing. He's my favorite player to watch that is not a Buffalo Saber. Uh, just a phenomenal player. So back-to-back Kachuks to start the season for Buffalo. Um, Toronto, by the way, the reason I might put them below Florida is the coach is number one in the odds to be the first coach fired. I don't know, pressure on them as there always is. I can see them imploding. They didn't make a lot of big moves in the offseason, but Toronto's not likely either. Boston is the one. If someone's going to drop out, it's going to be Boston. But anyways, in this game, Florida, big expectations, great team, and respectably, and they should be, they are the favorite in this game. The Sabres are plus 160 uh, on the money line to win this game over at Bet Online. Florida, minus 190 uh, on the road. That's really impressive, on the road favorite like that. Uh, I wouldn't touch the money line either way. The puck line, the Sabres, plus a goal and a half, minus 145. Florida, minus a goal and a half, plus 125. I would go Sabres on the puck line here at minus 145. I'm getting close to 50-50 odds, not quite 50-50. And if they lose by one, then, uh, of course, you win the bet. I think they'll keep it close. They were were really impressive to me in opening night, and I could be wrong. They get blown out by Florida. Uh, They have been blown out by Florida in the past as recently as last year, but I think the Sabres team is talented. They're young. They're fast. I think they could keep up with the Florida Panthers. And I do believe Eric Comrie will likely be the starter in net for this game. And though Anderson played great in night one, I think Comrie right now is the Sabres best goaltender, um, at least based on the sample size, this limited sample size we saw last season. And then the one I feel most strongly about in this game, the over under is set at seven. That's a crazy high number. I mean, I get it. Florida scores a lot of goals. The Sabres score a lot of goals. I told you before the Ottawa game, I think I'm going to become an unders guy. For this season and the under hit in night one against Ottawa, it was over under six and a half and we got a four to one result, even with two empty netters. It's getting a little nervous at the end there. Stop pulling the goalie. Uh, This Florida game seven. I'm going under. I'm going to be betting unders a lot this year and uh, I'm going to keep at it on in uh, in this one. So, all right. Florida Panthers, one o'clock puck drop at KeyBank Center. I will be in attendance once again. So uh, if you see me, say hi. Uh, Talk some hockey with you. Uh, I love talking hockey with anybody. Uh, so thanks for making Lockdown Sabres your first listen every day. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Now go make your second listen, Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Road and Flip Livingstone bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice Monday through Friday. Available on YouTube, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts. Peace out.